Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Good morning and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1980, where a college fraternity prank goes wrong, and a student ends up in a mental asylum. Three years later, it's graduation time, and the members of the fraternity decide to have a costume party aboard a train. Unknown to them, a killer has slipped on board, killing them off one by one, disguised in the costumes of the previous victims in Terror Train. All aboard. Students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. They're always walking out of my parties, but this time, you can't. Joke. Train. I don't want to get back. Wait, 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 wait. 
Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. All aboard? All aboard. Why not? You need to talk to me so we can discuss your changes in the script because that was not approved. Listen, nobody watches this show. Nobody cares about this show. I'm going to have some fun with it. Oh, a lot more people watch this show than you think, mister. And I don't give a fuck what they think of me. <laughs> Why are we here today? Today... Don't mind me. I needed to eat so I have some nuts. I'm putting nuts in my mouth. On camera. Nom, 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 nom. Anyways, we're here discussing Terror Train. With, as you so eloquently put her, Baby Lee Curtis. <laughs> Baby Lee Curtis. Yes, so today we watched Terror Train. Uh, directed by Roger Spottiswood. Wouldn't that be easier to say than the movie, the names from the movie previously? You'd think so. <laughs> um, it was written by T.Y. Drake, um, stars Ben Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Hart Bachner. Um, this one. This one came out initially on October 3rd, 1980. Um, it was a U U.S. Canada release. Made on a budget of $3.5 million. And guess how much it brought home. Not even enough to cover a third. $8 million. What? Yeah. This one was a fairly decent little success. Alright, let's talk about this movie. Alright, where to begin? Let's see. So, actually, a good spot to begin uh, was where the idea for Terror Train came from. Mm -hmm. So, initially, this was... It was a dream that um, Daniel Grodnick had. Um, apparently, one weekend after seeing the films Halloween and Silver Streak from... Uh, Halloween 1978, Silver Street came out in 76. Um, he woke up and in the middle of the night said to his wife, what do you think about putting Halloween on a train? And his wife answered, that's terrible. He should have uh, fucking trusted his, his wife just a little. Well, apparently not because he jotted down terrible train on a piece of paper on his nightstand. And in the morning, he changed the name to Terror Train. And wrote up 22 pages of the script, and and made a deal with Sandy Howard with Sandy Howard's company. And by 3 p.m. in the afternoon, he had a contract. I think he should have kept the title "Terrible Train." I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us, fun fact man? I mean, there's quite a few little fun facts on this one. Um, 
I'm not entirely positive where to begin. Uh, so, actually, you know what? A good place would be, why don't we talk a little bit about the cast for this movie? Okay. So, essentially, you've got Jamie Lee, of course. Um, she's the the breadwinning name of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween made her a monumental star. It took over time, but yeah. uh, that got her foot in the door. She got roles like this. Um, and once again in this movie, she proves her power as a screen, uh, scream queen. Although I was very disappointed. There was only one good scream out of her, and it, I feel like it was lacking. There should have been more screams. Yeah, I, I agree. In this one, she kind of she dials it back a bit. But I feel like it is. It was kind of interesting, or it's always kind of interesting to like. I met Jamie Lee through Halloween, mm-hmm. so that was essentially my view of who she was initially. Mm. She was this quiet, meek girl who, like, you know, very reserved. And then right off the bat in this one, you see that she's a slightly. And I use slightly carefully because she's Mm. a slightly shitty person. She's a a sorority girl type helping out with this prank on a poor defenseless kid. Yeesh. Yeah, it was... um... We'll talk more about that when we get into the movie. Agreed. Um, So... Ben Johnson, it's a older actor. Uh, he plays, I believe, he's the conductor. Yeah, I kind of recognized him. Yeah, he's the conductor in this film. Uh, does a great job. Uh, mm. I enjoyed his performance throughout this. But the one that gets me every time because I forget he's in this movie is Hart Bachner as Doc. Who? Doc. The no, I mean who is. You didn't recognize him? No. Hang on. I'm going to do some investigating. No, no, no. Don't look it up. you got to think about it. What is his name? Hart Bachner. Hart. Yes. Okay. All I saw is he's Canadian. No. So, I know this actor from a couple of different things. Um, first and form, uh First of all, he's... He plays the villain in the second Urban Legend movie. Never seen the second. But more importantly, he plays Ellis in Die Hard. What have I told you about Die Hard? I've told you I've never paid attention to the full movie ever, and we've never seen the full movie, so I don't know who that is. Why do I talk to you? For those watching, for those listening, we just broke up. If you you don't know who Ellis is in Die Hard, Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight. Come on. Oh, is he the main guy? Like the the CEO dude? Yes. Okay. Don't recognize him. Not a bit. God damn it. Sorry. Your logic is wasted on me. Well, uh, it was. It's been a good show. I'm uh, <laughs> cutting it off early tonight. I gotta go cry 
in the fucking bathroom. Cause with the cat. With the cat. Oh god. Because I need someone to comfort me. This is bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but this movie also stars uh, David Copperfield. What the fuck? Of all people. David Copperfield plays the magician of the movie. Um, and... Like, it's kind of a performance that you're not expecting. I, I feel like he does a pretty good job throughout the movie for what he's there for. He's the creepiest son of a bitch in this movie. Oh, God. He's like all eyes, this whole thing. Like, he's got intriguing eyes, and then bedroom eyes. I'm like, what the hell is with the seductive stares to poor Jamie Lee the entire time? It's all part of the act. It's the, the performance. My first introduction to magicians was Penn and Teller. So to me, magicians <laughs> are not good looking. Well, Penn and Teller is a very uh, specific pairing. Specific is right. Um, apparently, uh, he once said that um, film is a magnifying glass for magic. So when he took this part, he had to be very careful. What you see on screen is exactly what the extras saw during shooting. Yeah. So, I can only imagine he had to work very hard to make sure his tricks and illusions were concealed. Which is very tough. Very, very tough to do. Like, you have to really fucking not give it away. Because when you're doing magic on a stage, you have the the distance... But on camera, like, at points, they are right there while you're... They're so close during the quarter in the cigarette trick. You're like, how did they not give away what the secret was for that? I mean, it's my assumption that, like, a lot of magic has to do with positioning and, like, setting up your audience Mm. for... The illusion. So, like, I assume he probably had to almost direct the camera operators and the actors himself to mm. kind of be like, all right, you need to be positioned this specific way in order to capture this right. Yeah. If you're, like, a centimeter off, you'll probably see how it's done, and we don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, for his sake, I hope it wasn't, like, that precise, but... Yeah. Uh, Magicians are weird folk. They're a very different breed of people. They're mysterious and creepy. Is this doing anything for you? No. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, another fun little tidbit is that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis actually shot this film back to back with prom night I did see that on the wikipedia page yeah um prom night was shot in Toronto in August and September and terror train in Montreal November December Jesus she was a busy young lady wasn't she absolutely she did a lot within this time period like she consistently worked like I think to get her herself established 
So that means that the activity Activia commercials are just sustaining her in her retired state. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like she's definitely well. Her- those also probably came along right around a good time for like. Generally, if you see an actor resurge like that, it tends to be like, oh, okay, like something they're setting up for their family. Hmm. Like at that point. Are you saying she's making sure they have a regular income? <laughs> I am. Because she's going to be getting royalties for that for God knows how long. I'm sorry, you, did you get the joke? Yes, I understood and I chose to ignore it. <laughs> Don't ignore me. There is more. I had fun with this movie. Um. So yes, the to get it into it a little bit the uh the opening shot of this movie always reminds me of the title shot of are you afraid of the dark i did not think of that i thought it was the same font as halloween so i was like then i realized that the the edges of the font weren't as angled as the halloween one is like they're not slightly taller so i was like okay all right not exactly but i didn't get are you afraid of the dark vibes from it I more meant the uh, the movie starts on a close-up of a roaring fire. And I always think of, like, when the titles come up in Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. Um. I already talked about my first few notes here. Did you want to take us through? Pause. I have to spit it out. I was going to text it to you. Are you afraid of the dark? We could do that for the other podcast. And it would be called Submitted for Your Approval. That's a good idea. Remind me to write that down. I'll write it down. So I did write some points because this movie did entertain me. But for some reason, like, this is another movie where I was like, <sighs> like, I don't know what it is. It, I think, and this is, this is, this is like the sad part of watching older movies. This shouldn't be that much older, but this movie is like 42 years ago. So it's, it's bordering on like, like half a century old. It's harder for these movies to catch me plot-wise and, like, visually-wise after watching Stranger Things, Marvel movies, The Boys. Nothing's, like, there are scenes that are supposed to be shocking, and it's like, okay, all right, well, that's cool. And it's, it's starting to bother me that I can't get into these movies right now. I don't know what it is that I'm just like, well... To be fair, you you didn't grow up with this type of thing. No. Like, take it from someone like me who, like, I grew up watching Friday the 13th movies and Nightmare on Elm Street films and Halloween movies. Like, I always had that aesthetic throughout my entire childhood. Um, and then now, I look back on that, I watch that a movie from that that era and it it calls back to my ch- to <laughs> growing up and mm. it just makes me feel that like 
oh god that like nostalgia that nostalgia yeah maybe some of these movies just I don't know I, I can't explain why some of these movies I'm just like alright whatever I wanted to get into this movie I really did I thought it was interesting it's just wasn't as shocking as I thought it would be I'm like oh terror train it's gotta be like fucking crazy but unfortunately besides the plot twist at the end it was very predictable like you ex saw exactly how they were gonna go down what order like you he only had the means the killer only had like the means to murder people on the train so you weren't gonna get really spectacular crazy <clears throat> wild kills but I also have to remember it's like 1979 they're filming this. So it's still in that suspense kind of edge of your seat horror. It's not like, how much gore can you get in a movie? And I think that's what spoils me or people like me rather than you who grew up with this. I didn't grow up watching horror movies. I get more nostalgia from like the heartfelt movies or Disney movies because it brings back a memory. This is just like, oh, okay. I want to like these more. Maybe my mind's not in the right place. Maybe, maybe I'm just I mean, fucked up. Th th no, that's very po like it's very mm. possible that you're just not in that the mood for it, mm. and that's fine. Um, because we're doing this, we watch a movie, and then we talk about how we felt about it in that moment mm. we could like if we were to do like re-discussions or a review kind of like uh red letter media does where they re-watch a movie and re-discuss it they've changed their minds numerous times on films which oh my god the star trek ones are the best when they do like the the reviews or they go back and look at that shit Oh, those are the best because they're like, this episode wasn't as great as I thought it was. Like, and it's funny. Maybe at some point we could do a rewatch for some movies and see how we feel. I mean, you rewatched um, Bram Stoker's Dracula and enjoyed it more for its cinematography. Maybe down the line there's something I'll like this more for. I wanted to love this movie, but I'm just like... No, I, I understand. I mean, like, and you're right. Like, I agree. Like, if we ever got the chance to, like, revisit movies later in later in our lives or whatever, or later on this, the history of this podcast, hmm. we, our opinions might change. And I kind of like that aspect of, of film in general. You could watch something in a theater when it first comes out and hate it, but then, like, a few years later maybe you're a little older you revisit it and you actually find something about it you really liked lately we've had the reverse of that <clears throat> we'll see a film and we love it in the moment and then like week to two three weeks later we're like i really secretly did not like that movie and i've been like sitting on it for the long time it's because <clears throat> yeah it's because that like especially it happens a lot more with theater experiences because mm. you go to the theater, you're in the moment. You're surrounded by a bunch of people who are all excited to see this and collectively, whether you realize it or not, you're influencing each other's feeling in that moment like that no matter what, you're going to be so happy that you're seeing this movie. But if you had had that same experience at home by yourself 
nobody else's thoughts influencing yours, you would you might not have enjoyed it as much. So when we're at home watching a new movie, we need to have a hype man in the background. She'd be like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Woo, greatest film ever. And then when we're at the theater, we just have to be like, you suck. <laughs> and bring everybody's <laughs> moods down. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, there's a couple movies I wish, uh, I wish I could have been like, boo, you fucking blow. But I would have gotten, boo, out of the theater, you bitch. Um... So for this one, like, I've always kind of liked the concept of the movie. So like this, I like that it's set during a costume party, and like, I like the idea of the killers switching into the costumes of his victims. So it's like, you'd never know what you're going to see from moment to moment. You don't know. So like the first kill, you expect, okay, he's going to run around like that. And he doesn't really run around like that. He just kind of trick somebody else and then the next kill like he does something different so the killer was more like he wasn't predictable and I liked the killer for that because like the killer was predictable like who the killer was was very predictable but he himself was not predictable in his movements and his thoughts agreed and I also think the the mask choices, like the costume choices, were interesting. Like, each one was ominous and eerie in its own way. Um, and, like, especially the, the, like, the Groucho Marx outfit. That was funny. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, Terror Train, okay, let me look this up. I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's just a Groucho Marx mask? That's terrifying. Well, it's like, it's striking... Because it's, he Groucho Marx was just a very interesting character, mm. but like, visually, like you see the guy behind the mask in some of these scenes, and he's like, it's so off-putting because he's like giving this dead stare like, through just this fucking lifeless fucking eyes, like right through the masks, and it's like these kids are fucking toasted high and fucking drunk, they're not going to notice there's something wrong with the person behind the mask. Oh, no, not at all. And you actually brought up a really good point in that setting this on a train really added to the whole thing. Because, like, uh, and you you mentioned this during the viewing, mm. but, like, trains are naturally tight and claustrophobic and the compartments are very like narrow and you just always you feel trapped yes and there's no way off of a train once you're in motion i um uh, i would say i think it was 10 years ago i worked uh for the newport dinner train around Christmas time for like I think it was about five or six weeks I played Mrs. Claus I'm 36 years old now (laughs) I played Mrs. Claus at 26 for six weeks for kids but that Newport dinner drain was like I think I want to say maybe six cars total there was like the front a couple the kitchen another couple and then the caboose and All I remember is I was much bigger then. Like, I was 200 pounds bigger than I am now. I just remember how 
claustrophobic feeling it was and how between the cars I would be outside like um, between the trains ready to go into the next car and there were some moments I felt so trapped on it I wanted to jump off the train <laughs> like in the middle of winter in Newport it's fucking freezing the ocean's right there I was like if I jump I will be free of these children <laughs> <laughs> well thankfully you didn't do that oh my god I mean I I do not hide my hate for Christmas I hate Christmas I hate the fact that it is over advertised pretty much just give us your money give us your money here's the holiday spirit if you don't get something for someone you're a piece of shit now that's not families or friends saying that that's like general advertisement and I hate that Halloween is our favorite holiday and it does not start getting advertised until almost the end of September and you have maybe 35 good days to enjoy it and the moment the clock strikes midnight on Halloween November 1st it is Christmas shoved down your throat for two months two whole months and I'm like I hate this one give the turkey his chance two I can't stand Christmas so seeing this set like right around like Christmas a holiday like New Year's I'm like ugh. wait I thought they were graduating doesn't that happen in June but Jamie's character does explain that some of them were graduating early because they were going into their master's program for their uh, med school. So they, they did explain that because I was like, oh, why is this in winter? So I know how they felt probably filming on actual car, like tr train cars, that claustrophobic, that tight feeling. I was on a traveler car. I was not in a sleeper car or anything like that. I was more in like the diner car that you saw that's what we were in but man oh man is it a tight fit when you're in one of those fucking things you feel like a sardine <laughs> i hated it yeah i've i've only been on a train a few times like i uh back in a little bit after high school we uh me and a couple of the guys used to take the the t up to boston oh yeah, yeah every now and then to like catch a movie that we couldn't see around here and those are really like there was one year that uh, me and uh, my buddy EJ went up to New York on New Year's Eve because we're oh, fucking yeah, you mad told men. Me this. No, he was a madman. Get it right. You just went along for the ride. Yeah, I literally got a call that day, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve morning, from EJ saying, "Hey man, what are you doing tonight?" And I had no plans that year. I was just staying home. And he was like, we're going to New York. We're going to be in, in New York on New Year's Eve. And, like, you know, obviously the plan was like, all right, we'll go to New York. We'll try to get to Times Square. I didn't really think about the, the, logistics. the logistics of that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, fuck it. What the hell else am I doing? And we went. We didn't get anywhere fucking near Times Square. But we were in New York on New Year's Eve. It happened. Did uh, did at any point you hear Lily calling for Marshall? Marshall! No. No. Lily! Actually, that brings up a good uh, note that I put in here. Oh, God. So, about midway through this movie, I'm sitting there and I realize something about Jamie Lee's character and her boyfriend. Oh! <gasps> 
And I, that face makes me realize that you know exactly what I'm thinking of. Rock, take the picture. <laughs> Jamie Lee in this movie is dressed as a pirate. Her boyfriend is dressed as her parrot. In <laughs> how I met, <laughs> in how I met your mother, in how I met your mother, there, there's a Halloween episode. I think it's in the first season. And is it season two? It is the second season. Uh, where. Lily dresses as a parrot, and Marshall dresses as a gay pirate. It's the second season because it's when Robin was supposed to be Gretel and her boyfriend's uh, Hansel, and they fight over the Sunday, and that's when she realized, I can't be in one of these cute couple things. So it's the... No, it's either the second or the third, but it's not the first. No, I don't think that's... I swear, I swear to God, do not make me bring up Power. I will bring it up. I will find it. I honestly think that's season one because it's the it's the hanging Chad episode. It's the so. It's not the hanging Chad. That's it is the there, hanging Chad. There, no, it's not. Yeah, because that's that's the whole thing. Ted dresses in the same costume every year, and. Uh, Yeah, it's got to be season one. I'm, I'm like almost positive. But technically, this isn't important. Fuck you, it is season one. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> get, back to the, get back to the movie. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was a funny coincidence. That That's. And I kind of, like, it makes me wonder. It's like, did they did they just remember that from this movie and put it in How I Met Your Mother? Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Um, I don't remember where we were. <laughs> I got lost. I don't remember. Hang on, we're talking about claustrophobic. Oh yeah. I don't think we've even started talking. We were talking about, about the train. Yep. So the the train in this movie actually, I'm pretty sure a lot of it was real, mm. but I know there are uh, parts of it where the train was actually like rocked back and forth. It was on like a rig in a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so technically, and I think you can see some of those scenes, and like there was one in particular where she's talking to the conductor in like that that back car where like the cage thing is. Yeah, you can see the cage and door moving. It's constantly. just the way they're they're trying to stand there and have a conversation, and it's rocking very perfectly. Yeah, it just... it's weird. It's like, um, hey kids. <laughs> Uh, Alright, so let's get into the breakdown of this film. Break me down. Personally or the film? Personally. I want you to just tear me apart right now. Just live, on camera. You're a wonderful person. You're an amazing director. You're the greatest person I've ever met. And I mean that. Oh, God! 
That makes him more uncomfortable than tearing him down, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So, we start off with, we're at a, um, I think it's called a pledge ceremony, where the new pledges for the fraternity are there, and the nearby sororities all there too as well. Um, And they're at a fire, and they're talking about, oh yeah, you know, uh, you're going to have to wear the, they've said it to several people, um, if you don't get laid... You have to wear the beanies for the rest of the year. Like, forever how long it takes you to get laid, you have to wear these beanies. This would not fly nowadays. uh... Oh, hazing? Oh, God. I I think hazing still happens, but it's more like, Oh, you have to drink a whole glass of water. I don't don't know. I don't know college culture. The last time I stepped foot in an actual college party was 2005. That shows how old I am. So, um... Well, uh, fun fact about this uh, this opening sequence is it was actually the very last thing of the movie that was shot, and it was added during post-production over a month after the rest of the film was wrapped. Oh, wow. As was the tie-in to Kenny, the, Kenny Hampson, the, the big reveal at the end, his origin, like that, none of that was... Th- in the script. Holy shit. Oh, okay. Lost my train of thought. Oh my god. Huh? I lost my train of thought! I didn't mean that. This one's gonna be tough. (laughs) Oh, there's more, baby. There's more. So, there's a pledge there that, um, is eyeing, um, Jamie Lee's character. I don't remember her name. I think it's... I think it's Elaine. Because with an A. Elaine. Jamie Lee? Yeah. It's like uh, Elena or something like that. Or something like that, yeah. He's eyeing her and all the guys are like, yeah, you should go follow her. You should go follow her. Like, oh, you're gonna gonna get with her tonight. And they're all going... He's following her and they're all following him and he gets up there and she stands... Like with a t with a long t shirt behind the bed, being like, "Kenny, come here, Kenny, you should come kiss me," and instead of her in the bed, it's a cadaver. It's like a cut up dead body. There, there isn't much more fucked up things you can do to haze somebody than make them nearly have sex with a dead body. <laughs> but, like they said, there is a twist that really makes you think ah, oh, we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, he gets in the bed with the cadaver. He sees him. She sees her. Because it is a woman. It's an older woman. And he goes crazy. And he ends up just fucking losing his mind, screaming, getting caught up in, like, the blankets. And I think, like, the the like the drapery or whatever it is that they have going on. Yeah, it's one of those beds that has, like, the, the poles. And, like, it's supposed to have, like, these, like sheer curtains going around yeah, it. Yeah, it's supposed to be like one of those very romantic post beds. I wanted one as a kid. Now I see the logic in it and it's fucking stupid. You know, more shit you have to clean when you're older. Um, but from there you find out that he didn't die. He never died. He just kind of went crazy. Yeah, in the film, the actual context of the film, there's no real like mention of what what actually happened to him yeah 
But it's said in like all in like the descriptions and stuff like that that are online. So it's that he went crazy. Yeah. So after that, we flash forward to three years later, and all of those same people are now seniors. They're graduating before the end of the year to go into their next step uh, for medical school. Uh, especially Elena, she's going to be. She's it, what is in pre-med. She's going for her next step in that. And so are the others. So they're celebrating the end of the year, basically, and their graduation, which is kind of cool. And they're on the bus. They get there. Elena gets surprised by her boyfriend, Mo. This is all a big idea from him. He paid for it. It was great. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and then you get to the platform where you're seeing the same kids that were hazed are now part of the group, like Edward or Ed. Um, the president or the prez. I don't remember what his name was, but he was in the beginning. He was like, oh, gee whiz, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna want me to lay them, that kid. And you find out he's actually, like, a funny dude. Yeah, and I, I actually thought, I always thought that was a cool thing. But, mm. like, you start off seeing these, like, kind of pathetic characters, like, trying to get into this frat. They're getting hazed. And then... Flash into flash into the future, and they're all ranking members in this fraternity, mm. minus the one kid that yeah, you know. that you know didn't make it. But I don't know, like it was cool, like it, it kind of shows that like the persistence paid off type of thing. Not that I agree with fraternity structure in any way. Fraternity and sorority for structure was one of those things that when you grew up in the late '90s, early 2000s, like we did. You saw those movies and everybody thought that, oh, being, you know, Greek row, doing the sororities and the fraternities would be cool. You know, the 80s movies made them seem cool. A lot of the 90s movies made them seem cool. Right in the beginning of the 2000s, that fucking stopped very quickly because there's a lot of bad things that can happen with that. I mean, one of the best examples I can think of is the not so great Black Christmas, but it has to do with a fucking fraternity. Oh my god. Oh my god. You should see the face he just gave me. Because I mentioned the new We're Black We're not talking Christmas. about that Black Christmas I ever. No, <laughs> but it turns out that that fraternity is fucking sick, twisted, and full of a bunch of, like, absolute freaks. But that's the way that now fraternities are portrayed. We've never been in a fraternity or a sorority. We cannot speak for what they are or what they really happens at them. My aunt was in a fraternity, I'm sorry, my aunt was in a sorority at URI back in the 60s. So I, I've only heard her stories and they've been few and far between. Nobody else I know has ever been in a fraternity. I know no one. So my color, my opinion of fraternities and sororities are what Hollywood portrayed them. So I thought they were cool. I did research as in like, not an adult, but an older teen thinking, oh, I'll go to college and I'll join them. No, it was not who I was at all. It's about sisterhood and all this stuff. And I, I can barely get around, along with a lot of girls like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You, just, you said that your opinion of what sororities and fraternities were is what Hollywood painted them as. Yeah. See, so was mine, but my version of that was but yours awful. Was, but yours was the fraternities. Dudes go into fraternities, girls grow in sororities. So I thought the sororities were kind of cool. 
Like, even, oh, even look Even the at them, sororities the that I've seen, like, minus, like, the original Black Christmas or something like that, like, a lot of sororities are even portrayed as, like, a bunch of fucking twat Blot, bags. A bunch of <laughs> bl- ditzy blondes, you know, but... Like, being shitty to everyone else in the fucking college. I don't I don't know. I thought it might have been cool because my aunt talked her out being part of a sorority and if I went to URI I could be a legacy and I was like, oh that's really cool. I can skip the hazing process and the pledge process. That's awesome. But at the same time, like there was nothing when I graduated high school in two thousand three, there was nothing I wanted to do other than go to school for photography. And there was a White Pines university in vermont i wanted to go to it's closed now it doesn't exist anymore it's sad but that's what i wanted to do and they were just a basic little college in vermont with none of that so i was like oh okay i don't have to worry about this i don't know maybe it's because i grew up watching horror movies and fucking everything they ever showed in those was a bunch of dickheads but uh it just i watched the feel-good movies i watched the 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 teen comedies the teen dramas i mean i grew up when oh my god like she's all that was on and like the biggest movie in 2003 i remember was like oh no the biggest movie i remember back when i was a teenager was you drive me crazy with melissa joan hart and somebody else and like 10 things i hate about you like those were the movies i was in high school for and now looking back, I'm like, man, oh man, like Hollywood paints this beautiful picture of what growing up is like. It's not. It's a lie. Run. Run. Run for your lives. Growing it up sucks. sucks. There's nothing good about it. It's a pain in the ass. Especially, Life gets more complicated. Especially right now. Man, being an adult at this current moment. I think uh, I think I read to you earlier that California's gas prices hit $8 a gallon. Fuck that. Like, we're almost at $5 a gallon, and that's probably the highest I've ever seen it in my life. Uh, Don't get me started on groceries. Dude, groceries are getting... We're getting way off topic. Oh my god, we could go on and on about the world events and cultures, but we are... And all that shit, but we are not going into any of that. We're gonna talk about how the first kill... Was the Groucho Marx character, and because he's a jokester, everybody thought he was doing a bit with a sword in him. They're like, oh, good one, dude. See you on the train. Woo, woo, this is great. Woo. And he's just bleeding out on the tracks. (laughs) Before getting run over by the train. Oh, my God. My first note is, is Edward train goo? Edward is train goo. (laughs) Ew. Um, Yeah. Overall, the kills in, throughout this whole movie, they're fairly tame. Yeah. Um, there's not... Like, they hint towards something a little more graphic, but you don't really get to see very much. No, you don't. Um, everybody just kind of gets attacked and, like, stabbed off screen or slashed. Like, I think when Jamie's fighting the killer is the most graphic you see of it. And it's not even that bad like she's not even bleeding her own blood it's somebody else's blood at one point yeah it's just getting smeared on yeah it's not even his blood it's somebody else's blood that he's already killed but you didn't see that off camera i think they could have gone a little harder with the gore and the blood i mean she came from halloween for god's sakes 
it could have it, she would have been like no no throw more blood on me <laughs> like it's funny that you say that because there's no blood in Halloween there is none there is none but that movie is still gorier and still scarier than this it would ever be it feels more violent than this movie does even though it doesn't show you anything it's because William Shatner is chasing baby Lee Curtis the whole time oh god <laughs> not the shat <laughs> <laughs> he shat all over this. Ah. Uh. Um. So, before we go too far, uh, I, I want to shout out Crime, the funky train band of this movie. Oh, their name was Crime. Yeah, I they I only know that because they do a shot at one point that's looking toward the drum set and it's, it says Crime on the drum set. <laughs> Well, uh, I did not. Uh... Yeah, we see them quite a few times throughout the movie, and they're always jamming out and added adding a groove to the whole thing. It was kind of fun. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> um, the majority of this film is paced. It, it's kind of it's a little bit slow it chugs along if you really want to punt it up a little bit I'm so fucking proud of you and I wish I was dead uh, but yeah right over there oh god you know after a while you just you just wonder if you're gonna lose steam and there it goes um but I feel like this slow pace kind of it gives the movie time it gives like time for it to build up the relationships and the tensions between the characters um, while also like giving it time to kind of watch them get offed one by one and it also sets up the environment very well because it's like all these people are wandering through these like it's almost like a maze of train cars. That's what it feels like. Yeah, because you don't exactly know which one's connected to which because you have... The girls are in the sleeper... In this interesting sleeper car where they're, like, up higher. And then you have the, like, bar car. And then you had like, the food car. And then you had, like, the dance car with, like, the magician. And then you had another car that the senior people were in like Mo and Doc and Mickey I think her name was Mickey right the blonde you talking about Doc's girlfriend Doc's there? girlfriend yeah I think it was Mickey right Yeah, I don't remember all I said honest. was her name was blonde girl that's uh that's what that's what I called her the whole time blonde girl um so this movie did uh really stay on track the whole time Are you done? <laughs> Not at fucking all. Um, so once they're on the train, the girls get settled. You have this very heartfelt moment between Mickey and um, Elena. Which is like, oh, I want to... Mitchie. 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 Um, I wonder what her full name was then. Um, it's like, oh, we'll always I wanna be... I want to say probably Michelle. Maybe. Oh, we'll always be friends, you know. Once once we're done, we'll I'll see you all the time. We'll be friends forever. And my note was, oh, the blonde girl's gonna die, isn't she?" 
I mean, you're you're sitting down for a slasher film. Basically, everyone yeah, dies. If you're, if you're blonde, you're gone. I'm sorry. That means I'm gone. Oops. You're not a natural blonde, though. Why are you giving away my secrets? Why do you why you do this? They can see your roots. <laughs> no, they can't. Do I look like an emo kid from the early 2000s? <laughs> Should I start singing my chemical romance romance songs? <laughs> Anyways. Um, so then the girls kind of wander around the party for a little bit and you're introduced to the fact that um, Mitchie and Doc are together, Elena and Mo are together, and then Jackson's with another girl, and then the Prez dude isn't really, is, isn't with someone, and then Edward is with the, I'm gonna call her bimbo slut, drunk bimbo slut, because I don't know what her name was. Um, and she even had, like, the pants like the, the overly large hobo pants kind of outfit that kind of matched Edward. So it kind of was funny. And you get introduced to all of the, I would say, main characters, possibly. Or like the characters you're going to follow pretty much throughout the train. Um, and then you realize how douchey everybody really is. Jamie's character, not so much. She regrets no. her participation, but... Yeah, Jamie essentially at this time was playing like the somewhat uh the somewhat wholesome girl. She was always the one that you could relate to. She's always the the final girl. Mm. That's that's would be the best way to put it. And essentially she's surrounded by a group of very flawed, very not so great people. Yeah. Like even her boyfriend. Like he, you get the sense that he's trying to be a good person, but he's influenced very much by by Doc. Doc. Yeah. Who sets everything up because he hates Elena. You can tell they don't get along, and he even sets Mo up for Elena to just want to ditch him at every every shot, every cost. And you can tell that he's having this inner fight with: Do I go with the girl that I love or my best friend? And it's kind of like the fight that every college student really has in, like, movies that I've seen. Like, do I stick with my, my boys or do I stick with the girl I love? Like, is it bros before hoes or hoes before bros? Like, what do you, what do, you do at that point? Um, then you find out that Mo tells Elena, this was all my idea, this was everything. And then you realize, like, when she sits down and talks to them that, it was Doc's idea. Mo just fronted the money. And she gets pissed because she's like, you let him dictate everything that you do. I'm really sick of this. When is it just going to be something that we can do? Yeah. And it's, um, it, it, it's a struggle you see in a lot of different movies. Like, and not even just in horror, just throughout all genres. It's that like whole dynamic of like, uh, it's hard to like put into words, but this movie kind of does it in a really good way because like the movie's set with every all the characters on a transition point, mm. so it's like everybody's going to be graduating college and going into the working field and moving on with their lives essentially. And 
basically facing that moment of well nothing's ever going to be the same again we're not going to be able to see each other as much we're not going to i'm not going to be able to hang out with my friends as much and i have to go like be responsible now and i can't just do whatever i want anymore Mm. so like you have the some people like uh her boyfriend here and i don't remember his name unfortunately mo was her boyfriend all right so you have mo who he very clearly wants to kind of be with jamie and settle down and you know have that life but he's still very much attached to his friends and he doesn't want to like leave them behind he still wants to have fun with them Mm. and it's it's a pretty classic story in my opinion like i think this movie does it better than some others yeah it's more subtle in this movie but it gets its point across like you get that the the humanity of being a college transit college student transitioning is backseat to it's a horror movie but it's still there it's like this movie tried it really did try to have more than just oh we hack slash like some other movies do it actually tried to give you one hell of a backstory to the killer to the five or six main people that you follow it even gave the magician a background too and it was good in the sense of you saw it trying and I was appreciative of that but there were some things that were just missing from it like I wish there were a couple of little I can't tell you what they were I have no idea but there's like little things that I wish that were in there to like I don't know just a little more gimme 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 so like a little more meat on the bones yeah. essentially yeah and that could be said about most horror films like there's always something there like a nugget that it's like oh i wish this was expanded on i wish it was made a little bit there's a little more effort put into this side of it hmm. and i i don't know i personally think this one does a pretty good job overall like yeah there's always going to be things like oh i wish the, the gore was a little bit better i wish there's a little bit more to the characters than there is but i don't know it's not it's not terrible it's not it's not bad it's not bad i wouldn't say this is a terrible movie because it's not but it's not the greatest movie in the world but i think that's what this director knew like it wouldn't be a freaking billion dollar movie it would just be oh, okay this is kind of cool this is a good concept this is different they tried something i mean he could have been like what if halloween was on a boat what if Halloween was in space? What if Halloween was in a submarine? I think train was a good transition. Pretty sure all of which of those ideas have been done. <laughs> Halloween on a boat? Oh, yeah. There's slasher movies on boats. Halloween in space? Oh, well, Freddy goes to space, yeah. Jason yeah. goes to space, I'm sorry. Halloween on a sub? Guaranteed it exists. We're going to have to look it up later. Um... But yeah, this one, it plays out your pretty classic cautionary tale as well. Mm. Like, of not fucking with people because you never know who someone really is or what they might be capable of. Yeah. Like, this whole thing is about a hazing that went wrong and now the person came back for revenge. Like, 
it's a pretty, it's a standard tale. Like, we've seen it 10,000 fucking times. This could have been a revenge film. Could have. It technically is. Oh my god, it could have been Death Wish. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no! There's four of those. Uh, I've only watched one of them. Um, this one, the music throughout this one reminded me a lot of, like, the music from Friday the 13th. I didn't notice the music at all. It's not, not very it. memorable. Nope. But, like, the moments that I did remember it, or I did notice it, it was like, oh, that sounds like Friday the 13th. Hmm. Um, where were we into the plot of this thing? So, we're at the point where uh, Elena's pissed at Mo, um, so she kind of goes away from him, and she ends up in the magician's car watching the magic show, or meeting the magician and watching some of the magic stuff he's doing. And, um, Mo and Doc are talking, you know, and all this shit. And Mo's trying to get her back. And then Jackson, who unfortunately is the only black man in the movie, is killed. Yes, this is very standard for 80s slashers. Yeah, if you I was were like, a black oh. man, you essentially were just cannon fodder. You'd, you wouldn't survive. And it sucks because I like Jackson. Even when they were doing the hazing scene, I liked him. He was cool. He was like, tell you what, buddy. If you see a pair of boobs, you can take the beanie off. Like, he was, like, he seemed like the cool, fun guy. Even for the little bit of screen time he had, I was like, I want more of Jackson. I don't give a shit about the white guys. I want more of this kid. This kid seems cool. And he is bludgeoned uh, on a mirror several times and killed. And just left there for God knows how long. In a bathroom, alone. Killer's a dick. Just saying. Um, from there, I guess, there's a lot happening where the conductor finds... It, it takes a long time to get there, but the conductor finds his body, goes to find the other conductor, or I don't know who the other guy was. He might have just been a, like an assistant. And says, there's, there's a kid dead in there. He's in the bathroom. I don't know what to do. I don't know what happened. They go to find him and there's no blood anymore. And he's, you know, kind of waking up and he's fine. He's just dead drunk. You know, that's what he says. So, Mitchie comes by and goes, oh, Jackson, is that where you've been the whole time? Come on, buddy, let's go. Um, you never see what happens to Jackson. Like, you see him get killed and that's it. My big question for this movie is where are those bodies? That's a great question. Like, you see them, they, they get discovered by the conductor a couple of times. And, like, I believe Mitchie, Mitchie is still in the still bed. There. Possibly Mo as well. Yeah, because Mo, unfortunately, you don't see what happens to Mo. You don't. No, he just all of a sudden is dead. Is dead. I have no idea how it happened. None. I was typing, and I looked up, and fucking Doc is freaking out, going, Mo, wake up, Mo, wake up. And I'm looking at you going, what did I miss in the time I was typing? And you're like, nothing. No clue. I'm like, could they have given us, like, a juxtaposition and let us know what really happened to Mo? No, Mo just was there laughing and joking with him, and the next minute, he's got a stab right here. He's bleeding right here. I don't even know if that's where the wound was because it started up here and then it ended here. I, I don't know. Mo just, you know. Bye. Mo just had to go. <sighs> Mo, you got to go. 
But Mitchie, unfortunately, is the one that helps Jackson out of the bathroom, takes him back to the, the little, like, car thing. They hear Jackson's girlfriend, like, I know he's with another woman. I know it. And she gets all, like, she's drunk and stoned at this point. She's like, hey, you want to, we've never been friends. You want to get closer? And, you know, unfortunately, in the 80s, if you were a slut in a slasher movie, you know what happens to you. You gots to go. And she's killed. Yeah. Um, I mean, the majority of this movie plays out pretty procedurally. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of crazy shit that happens. Um, it's basically paint by numbers uh, on a train. Like, it's one by one. Our characters are picked off. A whodunit kind of setup starts mm. to build and then they find out or they figure out who it is and they actually think it's a couple of red herrings yeah throughout. they thought it was at first they thought it was the magician who is played by david copperfield seriously i've been sitting on that one the whole time david copperfield She's so fucking proud of herself. I so am. Come on. Um. Uh. It. I've also dubbed this the slut choo choo. Because everybody's uh, doing nasty things. So this is the chugga 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 ho train. Oh snap! If Jess was here, she would give you a handshake, my man. I can't take credit for that. That came from the. WWF days. Who called it a hoe train in there's wrestling? A, there's a there was a guy a wrestler named the Godfather. He essentially dressed as a pimp. He had like a whole slew of women that would come out with him, a bunch of his hoes, and he would do that all the time. It was ridiculous. Ah, oh, boy, I never got into that shit. Wrestling was a different place in the nineties. <laughs> now it is a weird place. Speaking of wrestling, do you know who just signed on to be a WWE wrestler? Not offhand, no. Uh, he challenged The Miz perso- personally. Logan Paul. What the fuck, man? Logan Paul is now a signed and contracted WWE wrestler. And his first fight is with, with, with The Miz. Yeah, he's signed and contracted because he's going to bring in a slightly different young audience to the fucking thing. That's the only reason he's there. Yeah, well. All I have to say is, I like The Miz. The Miz is cooler because The Miz was on The Real World Hawaii. Fuck me. And his name is Mike. Moving on. That's the only thing I know about wrestling. There's, there's not much to it. It's it's all fake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, there were a couple of notes, like, before we get to, like, the ending. Because the ending part's really cool. Um, they really make it seem like it's David Copperfield's character, the magician. They really play on that he's creepy, that he's weird, that he's obsessed with um, Elena. When he's just really committed to being this mysterious magician, he doesn't want to, like... I don't, I don't know. Like, he gives me the feeling of, like, he's a professional when he's in this setting. Like, 
people have to be quiet when I do my illusions and you know nobody needs I don't need a hooting and hollering and craziness like and he gets really aggravated with uh, Doc's character because Doc is just egging him on going oh it's all fake it's all fake it's all fake and he's just like fine is it all fake and he keeps showing him new tricks so you're thinking that it's him when at one point I was like they're really trying to throw us off with the magician thing really really trying to throw us I honestly, like, obviously in the beginning, you know who the killer is. But they tried it their best to kind of stray you away from it. Even to the point well, where I thought it might be one of the girls. Well, my initial thought was the, uh, like, when I first saw it, mm. was that they were trying to do a reveal of, oh, the magician is the kid. And he's like... Mm. using this, like, magician status to kind of, like, blend into the party. And it's like, oh, that's kind of an interesting idea. That was cool, yeah. Idea. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, once they... M- once Mo... Once Mo gets killed in front of everybody, they stop the train, they get everybody off, they search the train, and then ensues a couple of pointless deaths, like a couple of the the ushers or the assistants and stuff get killed. Deaths that are all off screen, by all the way. Off, everything's off screen, you don't see it. I would have rather have seen at least, like, maybe the way they do it where it's like a curtain or something and you see the kill, but nobody else sees it. I like those. Um, do you mind... Wow, some people just gotta be dicks and not know it. Anyways, um, at one point the conductor is like, uh, it's all them, it's all that dope, it's making people murder people. I'm like, it's definitely the dope. It's always the dope. Goddamn that dope. The only thing I've ever wanted to attack when I'm high is my snacks. <laughs> I've never wanted to cause bodily harm to anybody. When I'm high, my ass is just sitting on that bed and I'm like, oh, 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 I'm not in pain. Oh, snacks. That's it. That's all I am. How can you sit there and be like, dope kills people? I, I've, I've seen somebody smoke too much and just pass out. Not sit there and go, oh, I gotta go in a murderous rage. Err. Uh, they back in the like seventies and eighties and stuff. Oh, they used to use that drugs, as yeah. an excuse oh. constantly, and they do it in movies all the time. They'd be like, "Oh, it's all that dope." That, that reefer. Dope. What the fuck is a reefer? Is that supposed to be pot or is that something different? No, it's pot. As a kid, I was so afraid to try pot. I was so afraid. When I say kid, I mean like a teenager. I smoked pot twice. Twice. Nothing ever happened. Didn't affect me. It wasn't until like very recently, what would you say, like the last year, that I've discovered that it's all about dosage and how you take it. Well, yeah, that's because you needed it for like pain relief. Yeah, I need it. I need, literally need it for pain management. If I take a a gummy and I eat half of a gummy I'm not in pain anymore but I'm also on a one a day medication to help me with pain management too so you know if I'm taking half a gummy I'm in a lot of pain 
Oh, and it, like, I've never thought of pot as something like, oh my god, it's, it's a gateway drug. I'm sorry. Gummies and pot still make me feel good. I can function. I only do it after work and on the weekends. Never any other time. Not when going other places, maybe a wedding. Because I couldn't drink at the weddings last year, so I was like, why not just, you know, get a little high with my friends. But that's it. So, like, them blaming the, the murders on the dope, it really was like, what the fuck? What was wrong with adults at that time? They thought they knew everything. They just assumed that kids were just fucking ruining their lives no matter what they did. They were like, oh, you're not doing things exactly the same way we are. So. I have some opinions about the adults. Nowadays. Everybody has opinions about the adults. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put this train right back on track and keep chugging along. Okay. I'm about to quit right here and now. <laughs> well, folks, it's just me and one of the cats. Where's one of the cats? Well, she's drinking. It is getting warm in here. We had to turn our AC off, and it's about 90 degrees outside. Also, those thunderstorms we told you about last week's episode. They never showed up. It's almost going to be dark here now. Everybody canceled their plans this weekend. We, for it's Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> Everybody had their parties scheduled today, and yesterday, yesterday the forecast had called for thunderstorms from 3 a.m. this morning, which happened till about 10 p.m. tonight. So everybody canceled their plans. It is 7:20 p.m. No sign of rain. Nothing. Nothing. Not a damn thing. And I've already texted my sister once. I'm like, where are the thunderstorms? She's like, I know, right? <laughs> She's probably super salty right now. Uh, but anyway, um, let's uh, let's forge ahead. Ending the train puns. Um, at this point, um, Doc is fucking losing his mind. He is absolutely losing his goddamn mind. He takes, after they're, they're all off the train, he takes Elena back onto the train and locks the two of them in a car. In, like, a car or, I don't know, like a cabin or whatever. And he just fucking loses it. She ends up running away and he just destroys the whole room, attacking things, like, all this shit, looking for whoever it is is killing his friends. He is also convinced that the, it's the magician at this point, I believe, because she brought out the yearbook and stuff. And it happened to be that Kenny was a magician. Actually, he brought out the yearbook. He brought out the yearbook, okay. And pointed out Kenny was a magician. Like, Kenny loved magic, so it has to be him. And now they're all freaking out that it's him. Um, so Doc is going crazy and absolutely nutty, and somebody appears in his cabin. And that somebody has nail polish and a wedding ring it's a woman's hand and i went what the fuck it's a woman and he's like oh mitchie you're not dead it's you oh good and i'm like no no clearly you saw her she is dead like i'm like okay doc doc lost his mind he's absolutely going crazy at this point and then somebody proceeds to cut off his head with a pocket knife they were really pissed at him you're on me My cut didn't work. (laughs) No, it didn't. 
My cut didn't work. This thing can be a little bit finicky at times. Oh, I'm looking at it going, but the red light didn't go off. Very clearly, uh, they were they were very angry with Doc, um, which, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, sorry. Blades can be pretty sharp. There's a lot to get through in here. Like, I don't think, I would have believed it more if the axe chopped his head. Well, well it is possible to like get through bone and everything with... but not that qu as quickly as they found him oh god no 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 it would take a lot longer but you can do it like that person would still be like hang on one second I gotta get through the then I'll set it up go back out hang on reset I got like six more inches like, of flesh to get six, through I got like an hour more of cut it hang on can you hold his head down like this like that's better alright go back out there and like what are you doing um <clears throat> And then once they find Doc like that, it's her and the conductor. Then ensues, they put her in a, in, a, in a room alone, lock her in there for her safety, because they're pretty sure that they've, they're pretty sure that the killer's not on the train anymore because they locked the magician in the back car. Um... And she locks herself in the room, but she didn't trust it, so she set up a dummy doll. And she hid in the closet, and lo and behold, somebody tries to attack her. And then ensues probably a pretty cool train fight, where they're going all the way in the back of the car. They're in the conductor's room. She locks herself into, like, the cage with, like, the money and, like, the keys and stuff. That was pretty fucking epic. But then yeah. he finds, like, a really long, sharp thing. <laughs> I I enjoyed that sequence quite a bit. Mm. Um, like, I felt like the pacing of it was really good, and, like, the... Like, it was very energetic, and, like, it felt kind of visceral, even though, it, like, it's not shot really that crazy No, anything, but you but. also get the sense of impending dread, because at one point, he, uh, he, she, they are choking the living shit out of her, and she's going to pass out. But she's able to, like, do something, fight him off, lock herself in the cage, like, protect herself. And then she takes, like, it's like this stand with, like, a, a piece of metal, a sharp metal that they put tickets on so they wouldn't move around. She ends up getting him in the eye or in the temple? I think it was, maybe not technically the temple, but it was, like, like in the, the face. Like, the temple would have killed him, yeah. But, like, in the face somewhere, and I'm like, dude! How are you still fucking walking around? Like, you should be out for the count right now. Um, and then they get to a point where the conductor whacks the person off the train. So they think they are safe. They think they're good. Um, so Jackson... They're never good. No, I know. The Jackson's girlfriend and her are in the one of the party rooms. And Amelia... Uh, Elena is asleep. Jackson's girlfriend leave, and you're like, watching Spider Killer outside the window. One, how the hell did he like? <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Like how? It's for a dramatic effect at that point. It just looks cool. It's almost as funny. That scene exactly reminded me of the Doctor Strange blooper that's going around right now, where it's Doctor Strange, or it's um, Benedict Cumberbatch and his stance, but he's in the he's in the rig, and then it's. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen in the other rig where it shows you the scene where it's like um, 
it won't be Wanda who comes after her. It will be the Scarlet Witch. And the next scene is her going, Ooh, I'm going to get you. Like, that's what it felt like with his spider <laughs> out the fucking window. Like, Ooh, I'm going to get you, Jamie. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Um, but uh, yeah, this, this essentially builds to uh, a little bit of tension. You think the killer is going to come get her. The friend, uh, the girlfriend comes back the other girlfriend comes back and kind of tells her oh you should come join everybody yeah, come join everybody and then the president kid is like you really should come join us and then <clears> she's <throat> way in the back and then she's walking around the the magic car like just looking around at stuff reading things and then the box behind her opens to reveal that the magician has been dead for a long time and now she's like oh my god what is happening so she goes to get the conductor and said the magician's dead. He, he is dead. Um, and they're like, oh, okay. And they he's trying to do something else. I forget where A plus B. I don't remember B. So the after she finds the body, she goes to look for the conductor. She's running through the whole train. She gets to the back. Oh, she gets to the back to he's Charlie. He's driving the train, so she doesn't get to him. Mm. She gets to the back to where Charlie is supposed to be. Mm. But it's not Charlie that's sitting there. It is not. It is a very slow reveal to uh, somebody with a clear mask who takes off the mask, takes off the wig, reveals it to be a blonde wig with makeup. And it's revealed that it was not the magician. It was the magician's assistant that Kenny is pretty much in drag playing a woman. That's That was my last note was that... Uh... That was a pretty sweet drag villain reveal. Right? That was... Pr- I was like, didn't expect that. That was a good <clears> twist. <throat> we knew that it was Kenny, but we thought Kenny was the magician. So I like the fact that when we were in the first scenes with Kenny in the haze, he's got the beanie on and the glasses, and <clears> he's got like a smile on with a with a, a scarf, and you don't really see his face too clearly. So you're thinking, oh, in three years, he could have kind of grown up a little to be... David Copperfield. I I was like, okay, it's got to be David. But when that thing came open and David Copperfield's character is in the box, I'm like, wait, who's Kenny? Wait, where, where, like, we know it's Kenny. Where is Kenny? That, that reveal was fucking cool to where it was always the assistant the entire fucking time. Yeah, it's a plot twist you're not exactly expecting because, like, you don't, there's no point in the movie where you even would think that the magician's assistant is involved in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, it just comes out of fucking nowhere. And that, I think that helped make it as impactful as it is. It did, and that's that's a very memorable scene that I'm going to be like, no, this movie was pretty cool. The twist at the end was awesome. You're always looking for a movie, even if the <clears throat> middle chunk is, like, not as meaty as you want it. That ending was like, okay, that's fucking cool. Um, so after it's revealed, he asks her for a kiss. Yes, and I thought this was kind of cool, because, like, he asks her for a kiss, and then it starts to flash back to that opening scene, that the night that everything fucking went shit to shit for Mm. him. And... Oh, we forgot to say the reason... Oh. It's revealed somewhere in the movie, I forgot. The reason why he's crazy and he's hospitalized is Jamie's character says at some point, 
I don't know whether it was an accident or not, but he killed someone. And that's why he's crazy. Yeah, so, like, that's, like, a backstory that, like, is there. It didn't really fit very well. No. But it kind of made me realize, like, oh, so something traumatic could make him relive something if he's already gone through therapy. And then, okay, you pulled a prank that was pretty traumatic, it brought back stuff, and that's it. He's just fucking kaputs at that point. Right. And... uh... I don't know, like, I, th- I thought this whole little ending part here was pretty cool, because, like, so it's, like, it's flashing back, her saying, kiss me, Kenny, to, through the curtain, and then mm. he's telling her, kiss, kiss me. me, and she does, she, ki- like, leans in and kisses him, and that immediately reverts him mentally back to that back night. Back to that night, to the and point he starts- where he's even, like, circling around, screaming like he was in the bed. Yeah, and, like, that allows the conductor to come out, he gets the upper hand, and he knocks him out of the train. And then he falls to his death into a frozen lake and loses a whole shoe. Oh, yeah, that that's a brutal fall. That's a brutal impact. <clears throat> if he was alive at any point, he no longer is alive. No. Um, and then the movie ends, just like that. Nothing. No explanations, no cut back to anybody else. It just fucking ends. Yes, this is a this is a movie with a very very cold climax. Like it just stops. Once the villain is defeated, that's it. You can leave the theater. <laughs> Go about your lives. You never know what happened to her. You don't know if she's crazy now. Maybe she needs to be in in, in help me. Institutionalized. Thank you very much. Uh, my brain no worky anymore. See you later, folks. Goodbye. Have a nice night. Or morning. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, that brings us to the end of the movie. Uh, do you have any last-minute thoughts before we get into our closing questions? No, let's get into the closing questions. All right. Uh, overall thoughts on the film? I like this one. This is a this is a pretty good one. I mean, it's no Halloween, obviously, but it's it's a decent little horror movie. It probably got a pretty good rise out of people in 1980. I mean, if you're going into the movies for the first time seeing this, like back then, this is pretty surprising. It's got a good twist. Characters I wish had, some of them had a little more meat, like you said. I wish the story had a little more meat, but I don't know. This is a, this is a fun, this is a fun ride. I think you should get a ticket for this one. Fucking hell. Um, (laughs) I, I'm going to agree for the most part. Like, I think this isn't one of my favorite 80 slasher films or anything, but it's I think it's a competent movie. I think the concept is really different comparatively to most other ones. Mm. Um, it is pretty cookie cutter in terms of like what happens slowly throughout, but it's got a good. It builds to a good twist. Um, it's it gives you everything you want. Like it's lacking in gore, but it's not. Uh, it's not terribly written. Like, it, it's pretty solid. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I, I think it's... He's I think good. it's enjoyable. He's good. Um, any favorites? You know what line I'm saying. Do I? And best pap smear in a supporting role goes to... Oof, Jesus. 
Oh my god, when he said that, we both looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? Because he's trying to get Jackson's girlfriend and Ed's girlfriend to go back with him and Mo, Doc. Um, he's trying to get them to go back because both their girls are either ignoring them or hate them. So now they're like, oh, let's get our jollies. And he's like, yeah, I can examine you. Best pap smear in a supporting role goes to, and I'm like, What? Yeah, that that whole sequence is weird, and it's also like revealed moments later that it's like all a setup from Doc to, to get, get him in trouble. Yeah, to get Mo in trouble, so um, Elena breaks up with him, and Doc doesn't have to deal with her anymore. I was like, "What a douchebag!" <laughs> Any others? Um, no, that was that was uh, that was definitely my favorite. All the puns in it, though. Ed made a lot of puns in the beginning that made me happy. I, uh... I didn't really... I didn't have any favorite lines or anything. I think my favorite scene is the... I'm gonna call it the cage fight at the end. Where yeah. Jamie locks herself in that little cage thing. I just thought that was a really well, like, shot and executed scene. I thought it was tense and it worked really well, but... None... No one things, like no one line, no one moment really s- grabbed me very mm. much. Um, did it work? Yeah, this worked. It was not Halloween on a train. <laughs> but no, it God no. Like I give that guy a lot of credit for the idea, but I mean, it's definitely not going to be a memorable one. Like. The one that we watched recently, oh my god, where the twins, the twin boys, one was a killer and the other one was locked up. Oh, uh, Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Uh, I'm, Blood Rage is still, this is gonna, the, Trump, Blood Rage trumps this one. Like, Dude, that Blood Rage cool. is awesome. Dude, I did not think I would like Blood Rage as much as I did, but holy shit. I, now that we're, like, for you guys, it was probably only a couple of weeks ago. But for me, it was months ago. I thought about that movie, and I'm like, that movie was great. (laughs) (laughs) Would you recommend Terror Train? You didn't answer if you thought it works. You're right, I didn't. Mm. Um, I do think it works. I think it works for horror fans. Like, if if you've seen every fucking slasher movie under the sun, but you never watched Terror Train, I think... It's one that you should see. Like, it's a good example of a slasher movie. Mm. It, it doesn't deliver on the gore, but, like, in every other way, it basically does deliver. So, yeah, I mean, I think it works. Before I answer the next question, something just popped into my head. And I would like you to answer this for me. Hit me. Who do you think is the actor or actress we've watched the most so far on the podcast? We're pretty much halfway through at this point. Like one actor that's been in multiple one things actor we've covered? Actress, yeah. I don't... Have there been any repeats? Yes. The Fog? Oh, so I guess Jamie Lee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't we do another one with Jamie? Not that I can think of. I'd have to revisit our listing. Okay. 
But yeah, Jamie, I think right now is number one in repeats. She's like the one we've watched the most of. So apparently we love Jamie Lee Curtis in this house. She's number one in our repeats. She's number one in our hearts. She's still alive. I'm not saying she's dead. You just sounded like <laughs> our hearts go out to her friends and family now that she is gone. No, we just love her. You love her so much when you can marry Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I got the reaction I wanted. Uh, what, what's your question, sir? What's the next one? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I mean, I'd recommend it just to be like, hey, you want to watch a cool slasher that's not going to freak you out? Yeah, watch this one. I know a lot of my friends and family would be like, this movie sucks. I'll be like, well, let me recommend you some of the weird stuff like Masks of Death or, you know, the one with there's this burned dude on the cover that you spent a lot of money on that you I mean can't faces remember. Faces of Death? Faces of Death, yeah. Faces of Death. What's the other one? You just bought it's uh, like Life Yonkers Darkness. Darkness. Um, we also have a bunch of underground shit. Let me recommend that to that stuff to you. But you know, this is this is a good one that I I think if I call my dad and I'm like, hey, have you ever seen Terror Train? He'd probably be like, yeah, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. My dad, my parents were like 19 at this point. So yeah, yeah, yeah I recommend it. What about you? Um, as a horror fan, yeah, I would recommend it. Like. If you like horror movies, this is definitely one that you should see or have seen at some point in your life. Um, it's a, it's one of the classic Jamie Lee Curtis films. When a lot of horror fans, if they bring, if Jamie Lee Curtis bring comes up in conversation, you're gonna think of Halloween. You're gonna think of Terror Train, Prom Night, like the fog, the fog, like. But these, this is one of those, and. I think she does a great job in the movie. I think it's a fun experience, even though it lacks in some areas. Mm. Like, yeah, I would absolutely recommend this. Uh, how would you make this today? I don't know if I would. I don't know. I... It'd have to be a totally different setting. And I'd rather do it at, like, graduation party. Or, like, that last party you have for graduation rather than a New Year's party. But if you change the setting, it's no longer Terror Train. We're just going to call it Slut Choo Choo and make a porn. <laughs> um, so... I feel like if somebody was going to make this today, like, if it... If it's, if it were to be announced tomorrow, I know exactly what kind of movie it would be. It mm. would it would be exactly the same as the remake of Prom Night. Like it would just be this over budget, overly budgeted, like pretty movie with a bunch of popular teen actors or twenty something actors, and it it would be great. Mm. Like I think it. I don't know if I would personally remake it. I don't think I would have any interest in it. Mm. But it, um, I feel like I would, I would try to like keep it at its roots and like, I'd probably still set it in the same time period. That way it didn't feel too modernized. It's, it's not one that really needs to be remade in my opinion. But 
would you say that it's mainstream exploitation or other? Mainstream. Cut and dry. This is mainstream. Care to explain that? It's a slasher. Halloween brought about this this whole like everybody wanted to have the next best thing. This is two years after Halloween and like the guy even said what if it was Halloween on a train? Like this is mainstream. Cut, dry, end. I'm inclined to agree. Like I don't know if it's as mainstream as some other things, but I think it's pretty close. Um, it, and like you said, it came out in the wake of Halloween. It was trying to replicate that success just in a different setting. Mm. And yeah, like I, it's definitely not exploiting anything. I don't think there's any real boobs in the movie. It, yeah, there's only two pairs and one of them is dead. Yeah, and there's no, it, they don't like do exploit exploitation of any other no. types of. It wasn't things. like last week's where there was really weird rubbing on you sex. That was like boobs every five seconds. Boobs, 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 boobs. <laughs> um, yeah, and like it doesn't fall in some weird middle ground either. No. So like, I would go with mainstream. It also has Jamie Lee Curtis. She is mainstream. Yeah. Um, do you have any other final thoughts before we close out the episode? No, it's, uh, it's nice to have another one of Jamie's classics in the archive. Can never have enough Curtis. I mean, Curtis is a douchebag. I like Jamie. Thank you. Fucking hell. He's gonna All right. Tonight. That about brings this episode to an end, which also... Brings our last episode with video oh, I to forgot. an end. Oh, I forgot. That's right. We are unfortunately, at least for the time being, we don't know if it'll come back in the future. We hope so. But uh, we are bringing the video section of our podcast to a close. Base. We discussed it a lot in at length last week, but um, basically, it's just. We just don't have a lot of time right now. Life is getting hectic, and switching this to just an audio-only podcast will take a lot of headache off of our plate. Maybe once I am on the mend and not, you know, home from work, once I'm back at work, and maybe, you know, once you're not working every single moment because you have a lot going on in the next two months. Um, Maybe we'll be able to bring it back. But I believe for the next, what what was it, like six to ten weeks I might be out. So in that six to ten weeks, we could potentially finish out the whole year for 2022. Which we're game for because we have the whole year planned, except I think two Christmas time movies we still have to pick. Um, And we're really excited. We've got a lot of cool movies um, we, I purchased a bunch of them a couple months ago, which, um, Death Carries a Cane was one of them that I purchased. Um, I know you've got a bunch of Arrow movies that we're excited for. We've got a wicked cool classic coming on Labor Day, which I'm stoked about. Um, can't tell you till we're closer. But, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, 
I think for now it's a good choice just because of how busy life is getting right now for you. Not so much me. My life is pretty much coming on a standstill for, for a little while. But I don't know how to do this part of it, so maybe he can teach me. And yeah, maybe eventually. Um, for now, uh, we'll be switching over to just audio. Uh, I think it's gonna give us a chance to kind of breathe a little bit. We'll be able to focus more on making the audio side of this a lot better, a lot tighter. Yeah, and uh, hopefully more enjoyable for you guys listening at home. Um. But don't go anywhere just yet. We might be saying goodbye to video, but stay tuned for the coming attractions. invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. So won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry, or you'll be late for your own funeral. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting into one of my favorite horror actors, Mr. Vincent Price. Oh, the absolute incredible Vincent Price. Oh my god. Like, oh. I've never seen this movie. I never have. I've seen The Cast Monte Carlo. Nope, I don't remember. I've seen a lot of his post stuff. We'll just put it that way. I, can't, I absolutely cannot put the names in my brain together right now, but I love Vincent Price. Like, holy shit. There, I have a collection of old movies with just a bunch of Vincent Price. This is where this is coming off of that I bought. And I am just like, oh my god. I can't wait to watch this because I've watched The Haunting many times, which is the remake from the late 90s, early 2000s with like Catherine Zeta-Jones and Liam Neeson. I enjoy that movie. I am one of the only people I know that still enjoys watching that movie because everybody else thinks it's garbage. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited to just get into classic Hollywood, yeah. like 
old school black and white horror. That stuff is fun to revisit these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched one in a while, and I haven't seen House on Haunted Hill in a long time. So yeah, I'm pretty souped to get into that. Um, and Vincent Price is always amazing. Like every time that man is on screen, I am captivated oh, by his performance. I love that man so much. I'm really excited to like see your reaction to one of his movies now. I get so excited watching. I you've seen me. I get so excited watching old Hollywood movies. Just reliving some of those films that I adore. Actually, I think I think it's here. I don't think it's backed up. We found this at one of our last probably very recently because we haven't um gone hauling yet found this it is a collection of six rogers and hammerstein movies this was like a boy collection like it's it's open but it's only a little open like this is this was still sealed like actually i think our cat did that our cat did this yeah oh which one i'll kill her but yeah, this was still factory sealed until, you know, Kitty got at it. But like, I still haven't opened it because we're going to watch some of these for the podcast. And I love old Hollywood movies because they're just made different. They're just, they're just better sometimes. What's that? They look better sometimes. Because they're amazing. Okay. <laughs> he thinks he's being subtle with these cute little like clues from over there and I'm just I'm here to ruin his life well you know can't leave the microphone and expect the audio to be good <laughs> it's fine it's you've got like stupid me over here it's great it's perfect it's wonderful don't worry about it well that brings today's episode to a close <laughs> um we hope you stay tuned next week for the new format um, and uh, for House on Haunted Hill. Um, for more recommendations on films or coffees you should check out, um, if you want to check out our movie collection, if you want to see some fun behind the scenes or chat with us, or if you want to recommend us some movies, um, come find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at GrindhouseCast. You can find us on Discord where you can chat with Leah and have some fun conversations there. Ah. Uh. Um, all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Um, we hope you keep listening to us. Maybe give us a rating on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. And... If you have been listening to the podcast, if you uh, want to go back and kind of put some faces to the voices, yep. every episode from episode zero up until now, which is episode 30, um, is available on YouTube. Uh, come subscribe to us there and you can check out all those first 30 episodes in their entirety with video. Uh all new episodes will still be going to YouTube, just 
we're gonna lose the actual video of us element without our lovely faces um, we have yet to decide what's going to replace that. It's probably going to be some kind of graphic or something I like really that. I really want our faces just like on there being like. <laughs> I think it would Yeah, be that funny. takes time to animate, and Look. the whole idea is to <laughs> make this easier. <laughs> Look, we're just making your life easier with no f- no filming. It you didn't say anything point, about animating. At that point, it would just be easier to film it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the video back for us. It's going to take time. I hope eventually it can come back. Um, but if you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, um, you can find all that information down below. We have a Patreon. You can support us directly through Anchor. Um, and we kind of hope you do, because if you do show us a little bit of support, maybe we can improve this show, make it a little better. Maybe I can hire an editor so I can bring back video. (laughs) Um, until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thank you, as always, for listening, and thank you for watching. Yes, thank you.